Welcome to the New Hope 365 podcast. We are currently offering two Sunday services each week. We have a 9 a.m. worship service that you can attend in person or you can watch live online at newhope365.church. And we have a 10.30 a.m. in-person family service for parents and children to attend together. We would love to connect with you and your family however you feel comfortable, either in person or online. And now, here is today's message. Today, we continue on in a series where we've been talking about the kingdom. And I've been talking to you about things that are a part of the kingdom. Now, I'm not talking about the kingdom of the United States or the kingdom of, you know, the Europe or, or, you know, Britain or anything like that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the kingdom of God where Jesus talks about that significantly in the Bible, that we are actually part of the kingdom of God. If you've crossed the line, given your life to Jesus Christ, you're to live different and act different and you, your thoughts and your patterns transition as the spirit of God comes and begins to fill your life. And, and so many of us, we may not understand what what the kingdom necessarily looks like. We may have some thoughts or ideas because maybe you've studied scripture or you've learned things or somebody's taught you over time, but you don't, you don't really know a ton about what the kingdom looks like. And last week we talked about unity, and I thought that was interesting, and we talked about that for a little bit, uh, especially in a nation right now that's struggling with unity. I don't know if you've ever noticed. Anybody notice that we're, we're struggling as a, as a nation with unity? And... I, we can't fix that, can we? I can't fix that. But we, the church, in the kingdom of God, we can, what? Model unity. Model hope. Bring life. Help others. We can actually show the world what something other than what is just cultural norms, how we live and how we're not better than anybody else we just live for a different king right we live for a different king and so today we're going to look at this idea of a kingdom of shepherds and you could actually call it a kingdom of protection and and i'm gonna i I bring this out and i'm going to share this concept with you that's a big kingdom concept but i'm not doing it to breed fear in your soul I'm doing it for us to understand that we are to be, as Scripture talks about, wise as serpents, yet as gentle as doves. We're not to just throw our intellect and our stuff aside. We're actually to engage and ask God where we need to uh, take the wisdom of God, apply it, and, but at the same time, how we're not just to get sucked into any thing that may be out there and therefore our heavenly father has given us protection in different ways that maybe you haven't thought of so uh kingdom of shepherds and in ephesians and i'm not going to put this on the screen but in ephesians chapter 4 paul writes to the ephesus church that says that god has given apostles prophets evangelists and pastors and teachers to do what to equip the saints to do the work of ministry And I would even go one step further to say he gives these leaders this mandate and also to protect those that are part of the kingdom of God. Protection. Supernatural. God gives us leaders to help us. But what happens? What happens when our leaders don't protect us? You tell me. What happens? 
Disaster. Um, yeah, we get on Facebook and we post comments and we, we just get our voice out there, right? Right? Um, what else happens when you're not protected or, or you're not shepherded, so to speak? What can happen? Fear. fear. Yeah, fear, absolutely. You can become fearful because you're going, oh man, you know, and the Bible talks about that when there was no leadership and people did, you know, people would then do what's right in their own eyes and there was mass chaos, right? This is not like new, you know, like to the 21st century. You're thinking, man, this dark kingdom is, it's, it's uh, you know, the United States and all. It's going to hell in a handbasket. Well, this stuff has been going on for a long time, hasn't it? What else happens? You get lost. No direction, yeah. You get lost, no direction. Yeah. Can you, without naming politicians, could you name somebody that would be considered a wolf in our culture that was out to harm or hurt people. Online. If you're in our online church, you can, you, uh, you can just go ahead and put that in the chat. And it's not meant to be a bashing session, but I'm just curious if you can think of somebody that in our culture in the last decade or the last century was a tragic wolf that hurt a lot of people. Bernie Madoff. <laughs> okay, Bernie Madoff. Great example. Yep. Anybody else? You're like, I don't want to say it. Yeah. So? And you're like, what do you mean I can't name a politician? Come on. Anybody else? Wolf. Well, you ponder that for a little bit. In, in a story about wolves, the British broadcasting BBC interviewed a woman who is a sheep farmer in the French Alps. And is, there's this edited version that I wanted to read to you. And in this conversation with uh, Matthew Bannister started this conversation with Caroline Bordeaux and John Lorenzen, and they were talking about sheep and wolves. And uh, MB, we'll call him MB, Michael Bannister says, what is it like when you stare into the eyes of a wolf? Caroline Bordeaux knows the feeling all too well. She's a sheep farmer in the French Alps. And in the last couple of years, she's been on the front line of a battle with the beasts. The wolf was hunted almost to extinction in France in the 1930s, but after being labeled an endangered species, it made a surprising comeback. With wolves now killing 6,000 sheep a year, the government is allowing some wolves to be shot. And it is also advised and paid for sheep farmers to buy electric fences and huge protection dogs with spiked metal collars to stop the wolves sinking their fangs into their neck. Now, it has allowed wolf hunts around threatened sheep farms like Caroline's, and the wolves are clever. They, they spend long hours watching, watching, learning the flock's movements, and they wait and attack. And then Caroline says, when they attack a flock, especially when they get inside the enclosure that's supposed to protect the flock, they go berserk. They won't stop killing as long as there's still a sheep or lamb still moving. In general, we have one ewe eaten and several others that they are killed just for the sake of it. It's very upsetting, she says. Often it's ewes that are pregnant. It's awful for us. We spend quite a bit of time making sure she's not in too much pain and that the birth goes well. When she's given birth, we are capable of getting up several times in the night to make sure everything's okay and that the lambs are feeling all right. 
So to be eaten alive is terrible. I wish we could see one tonight so you would know what it feels like when a wolf looks at you. It's something completely primitive when you meet those ice-cold eyes. You understand the danger, but not in your head, in your gut. Last year, we had a lot of attacks at our night enclosure where wolves try to get under the fencing, and I came face-to-face with one, and the dogs pushed him back, and it slunk away into the shadows. I, I'd like to think that my dogs, I got a Great Dane and I got a Rottweiler, I'd like to think that they, you know, I, you know put the collar on them, but I think that they would just roll over and, you know, whatever. Ah, yeah. So, yes, harm. Those organizations that potentially would bring harm would be ISIS. Sure, that's a great analogy. That's a great picture. Yeah, thank you. So the dogs pushed back and slunk away in the shadows, and I, I saw it sinking back down to wait, and I thought I could see it there, but in the darkness I wasn't sure. We stayed like that, him and me, for two and a half hours. Until I started to doze off, leaning against a tree. As soon as I felt myself nodding off, I woke up and saw the wolf coming towards me. Directly and quickly towards me. Even if, even if you've got a rifle in your hands, it's frightening. It's the thought that the animal can wait so long to get you out. I'm not sure what happened next. It all went so quickly, but suddenly, suddenly my dog was there. Samson. That's our dog's name. So, okay. Yeah, Stan, maybe not so, I don't know. Okay, Attacking the wolf, it chased it away and came back to protect me. Get this. What's frightening, says Caroline, is the wolf's singularity of purpose. She spends a lot of time looking after her sheep, Caroline does, but people also do other things, send text messages, do homework with the kids, do the hoovering, you know, vacuuming, the wolf stays concentrated on how he's going to get to run amok in her flock. And all the time, in the singularity of purpose, she said the wolves are watching us. Well, the Bible actually addresses this in the kingdom. Hence why, hence why God has set and put in place leaders to oversee to take care of, to know that when you get a phone call or you will need to call or talk to somebody, that there's actually people that look out for you and have your best interests in mind and don't want to harm you. But isn't it tragic when all of a sudden you see somebody that you thought was a shepherd, you thought was kind and nice and good, they actually are out to harm you. And that's tragedy. And that's why Our Heavenly Father addresses this so much in Scripture. It's not meant to make you fearful. It's meant for you to understand and to make be wise to know who you're following and who you're listening to and what you're doing. So the Bible uses this metaphor of Jesus as our chief good shepherd with Christian leaders as shepherds, people as vulnerable sheep, and the presence of wolves working for Satan, who is the alpha leading the pack. And just as the devil and his demons attack heaven... So too, they continue to attack us on earth. And this is the scary one for me, so to speak, is people ignore or underestimate the presence of spiritual wolves that are, in their, that are put in their way in which, in which the Bible says, don't be ignorant, don't be foolish. So 
here's what Scripture speaks to. And I'm going to use a lot of Scripture today so you can track along with me um, as best as you can. In 1 John uh, chapter 2, and we're going to look at first, verse 18 and then some following. John says, Dear children, the last hour is here. Meaning we live in an hour and a day where as Christians in the kingdom of God, we know that soon if you study Scripture, that there's a time in which Jesus is going to return. And you can study that on your own and learn about that. Don't just bank on it from me. Study. You've heard that the Antichrist is coming. And already many such Antichrists have appeared. For this we know that the last hour has come. So we know that there are those that are actually going to be people that are anti, anti-Christ. They're, they're not for the kingdom of God. They're going to speak another, they're going to speak another way another, uh, out of another kingdom. And then verse 26 says, I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. Did you know that there's actually people that want to lead you astray and down paths that will destroy your life? Did you know that there are actually people that would like to steal your wallet out of your back pocket if they could today? Did you know that we, we, we are, I mean, this is stuff is going on all around us. And in verse 19 of 1 John, he says, these people left our churches but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. And when they left, it proved that they did not belong with us because they were what? They were actually posing as sheep in wolves' clothes. No, wolves in sheep's clothes. Did you get that? Everybody online. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> so, so wolves and shepherds are both powerful leaders. The difference is, is the wolf will seek to destroy you and a shepherd will actually lay down his life for you. It's kingdom, kingdom of shepherds that are trustworthy. And then Matthew chapter seven and verse 15 says this, Jesus speaking. And if you're wondering, is this a big deal? Oh man, throughout scripture, it is rippling through uh, all kinds of passages to make us aware that in this hour that we live, we could actually be turned to the left or to the right or complete 180 and be deceived. So, beware of false prophets, Matthew 7, 15, who come disguised as what? Harmless. But they're really vicious wolves. Okay? 11, first, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 to 15. There, these people... There are people that are false prophets. They are deceitful workers who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. But I'm not surprised, Paul says. Even Satan disguises himself as what? An angel of light. So it is no wonder that this servant, that his servants also disguise himself as servants of righteousness. In the end, what will happen is that they will get the punishment that their wicked deeds deserve. So what we know is that maybe you've been hurt by a wolf, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. I'm not going to ask for your story right now, but I would be interested to hear your story. And maybe you could even testify at some point of God bringing you through and helping you in the midst of somebody that's tried to harm you. But our Heavenly Father is saying that people that are 
practicing evil and doing harmful things, they will actually get punished one day. And so you can rest assured that it will be taken care of. You don't actually have to bring vengeance or revenge. That's for God. So, Revelation 2, verses 2 through 3, three uh, 2 verses 2 and 3. This is a Paul, or um, John is writing to the churches in Revelation, and he writes to one in Ephesus, and he says, I know all the things you do. I have seen your hand, your hard work, and your patient endurance. I know you don't tolerate evil people. You have examined the claims of those who say they are apostles, but are not. So what does examine mean? What does it mean to examine? Curious. Check them out. Yeah, what else? You check... What? Test. Test. What else? Anybody else? Learn by observing. Learn by observing. You actually, church, followers of Jesus, those that will become followers of Jesus, understand that we are to look and see the fruit that comes forth from a person's life. How will people know that we are truly of God? That they see fruit come forth from our life. What is that? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. But I think many of us wrestle, may wrestle with that a little bit. And so I have been praying. I'm going to say wrestle with that. Is in the midst of political turmoil, when does the church stop bearing fruit? Never. When, when is it okay for us to go, today I'm just going to shed joy. Or, or I, honestly, I need to post this. Love go away. That's not the kingdom. The kingdom of shepherds makes sure that we are what? We are truly bearing fruit. And if anybody comes in and tries to take that fruit and do away with that fruit, they are in fact a wolf that is out to destroy. And don't be ignorant of this, church, because we live in a day where what's happening is we're not engaging Scripture, we're not studying, we're not spending time alone with God. And what often happens is that we're caught by any whim of communication that comes our way. And we can be deceived, and, and, and God is saying, don't, don't do that. Don't. I know... You need to examine. You've examined the claims of those who say they're apostles but are not. You have discovered they are liars and you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. Now, let's talk, let's talk for a moment. And this is, this is important. I talked a little bit about this with unity last week. And I talked about, what did I say? It was essentials, things that are actually in Scripture that are essentials that we, the church, can't go left on or we can't go right on. This is what it is. And then there's non-essentials. Well, let's, let's, let me picture it this way for you. There's things that are, just hold your hand for a moment and go, just close your hand for a minute. Just take your hand, whatever one. Just close it, do it in a line, close it. Okay, there are closed-handed issues in the kingdom of God that, that we don't, that we don't, um, and we don't open up this hand for anybody We keep it closed because our Heavenly Father knows that if we open it up, the church will become a cult. Okay, you can 
open up your hand. Have you ever had, and I, I would do this, but, but um, have you ever, with your kids, held your hand so tight that they try to open it up, pry it open, and, you know, and now Sam, just, he just pushes real hard and, you know, pries it open. Now he can hurt me, you know? Close-handed, close-handed issues. Let's look at them. Close-handed issues, number one. Trinity. I'm just going to going to give you quick these are the trinity we believe in the father son and holy spirit united together one entity and you can study that in scripture next god is creator we believe that there is one god creator of all things close-handed i don't open my hand and go that's negotiable i don't do that and go "Mm, maybe i know Okay, I'm not going to break it down because that's a big one. God is creator. Males and females as God's image bearers. This is why when you as a Christ follower look at people, you understand that there's not a person that you don't lock eyes with that God doesn't love unconditionally. But, but this, is being, uh, this is being assaulted in our culture. Closed hand, we the church stay to that. Now, does that mean that somebody goes, I don't agree with that? And you're like, well, I'm going to burn your house down. No. Next. Close-handed. The fall of humanity into sin. That there are actually those that that at the beginning of time we know that humanity chose to go anti-God or go against God's best and man fell and catapulted us into sin and that's why we needed a savior. Close-handed. Wait, wait, wait. I thought you were all born really, really good. Well, Scripture says something different to that thought that you might open your hand to. If you open your hand, look out. Next. Jesus said, Jesus is fully God and fully man who lived without sin. This is huge. Died for our sin and rose as our Savior. What would Christianity be without that? Take that away. Ah, oh, yeah, not really, God. No, no, no. And, and he, he, honestly, he, he had some lustful things going on. And he crossed the line. And no. And oh, and, and here's a big one. And he never rose. We just can't find his body. So these things. And then next. Necessity to turn from sin and trust Jesus. For salvation, I have found that without turning to Jesus, that I don't experience his peace, his joy, his hope, and I don't see my sin removed. Does that mean we're perfect? No, 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 no. I, man, I, it, it's just the reality is, is that it is necessary for me for to come to him and trust him for salvation. And that's something I keep my hand closed for. Next. Eternal life beyond the grave for all people in heaven or hell that there's actual eternal life and that there's an actual place that Jesus said I'm going to prepare a place for you and if I and when I come again uh, you're going to go what you're going to actually go and be with me in a place called heaven and that there's actually a place called hell and scripture talks about this but it was was it made for humanity it wasn't no God doesn't send anybody to hell God says you have a choice and a decision to make what you're going to do with me and we go we keep our hand closed to that okay now what are before we go to open-handed issues what are they 
I know I asked you this last week. I'm just going to hit it again because this is, this is big. Because when we're talking about wolves and sheep, we're not talking about somebody that's going to come in and steal your car, so to speak. We're talking about people that will actually come in and try to take your thoughts, your mind, take it and put it this way or this way. Before you know it, you're going, I have no idea what I believe. I have no idea whether I can believe in this Jesus or in this God or in this creator. I don't even know if he exists anymore. And if you don't think that that's going on right now, just go online. Get in a chat room. Talk to people. People that I thought were followers of Jesus for a long time are all of a sudden confused. So what are open-handed issues? Online. Here. What are they? What's that? What you eat? Yeah. What you drink? Yep. What else? The way we worship. Open-handed issues. Man, I just I don't know that guitars are of God. You know, see what I'm saying? It's like, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember growing up. I mean, I had, I grew up, if, if somebody was to, was to put a drum set on a platform, they, they were like, that's the devil's beat. This is, this is stuff that I've heard. This is, these are things, okay, what else? Worship. I mean, that's crazy. So you, those of you online are going, that's crazy. Sadly, we the church have taken what is open-handed and closed it and created division, which is what is the way wolves come in to get you divided so they can devour you. Okay, let's look at a few. The age of the earth. 6.3 billion. No, it's actually, you know, 6,000 years old. I don't know. I know there are those of you that are scholars that study that stuff. Do I actually know the age of the earth? I have no clue. Therefore, if I was to say something and I go, I'm right, you'd be like, really? Age of the earth. Next. Open-handed. Speaking in tongues. Other supernatural giftings. I've been in circles that literally they'll have this, some supernatural language and we believe that that can happen. We believe that people can be healed and delivered and set free. And we pray for that over you. We pray for that for you online. If there are those that are bound by things, we can pray and God can do the miraculous. But there are those that are skeptical. And therefore, what we do is we, we open our hand up and go, hey, we're not going to hurt you because you disagree with that. We're actually going to open our arms to you, open our hands to you, and let you come and, and learn and observe and grow and not be afraid to. But what I would say is you mature. There are supernatural things that you would like to have occur in your life because they're actually what are called gifts from our Father in heaven. They're gifts. Next, open-handed. Modes of worship. Baptism, okay, I won't get into all the details of that other than there are, are, there, that's been a dividing place for, for people over the years as those types of things. And then, keep going, the role of women in specific church leadership roles, okay? That's been a divider over the years. And uh, we're not going to we're not going to allow people to come and, and or, or, yeah, come in and say, well, this is just exactly, this is, no, these are things that we go, God, help us grow to understand and help us not be divided over these issues and last. Next one. Particular details regarding the second coming, such as the rapture or the tribulation. 
And, and beware of people that, by the way, give predictions as to when Jesus is coming back because the scripture speaks to that nobody knows the hour or the day or the time. So, all right. So what do we have? We have closed-handed stuff. We have open-handed stuff. And, and what happens if that's reversed? Division. And it will cause confusion. And it will, and it will really, I mean, literally, um, that's if, if you take and you, you take a closed-handed issue and you make it open-handed, you become a, potentially a cult that twists Scripture, banks on just this one concept or these few concepts, and then they go trumpeting that, wherever that may be, people that go trumpet that, and before you know it, you have disaster. And there are actually people that will teach and lead that way. Okay, let me give you, let me give you the read of Scripture, Second Peter chapter 2, verse 1 through 9. I'm going to read some uh, Scripture uh, here that hopefully will help you grow to understand that this, this began some time ago. There were also false prophets in Israel, just as there will be false teachers among you. There'll be what? False teachers among you. There are actually in our culture books that are being written, websites, blogs, and stuff that is actually being put out there that is there to, to give you false information, and they will what? They cleverly teach destructive heresies, and even deny the master who bought them. That is Jesus, the Lord. In this way, they will bring sudden destruction on themselves. Many will follow their evil teachings and shameful immorality. And because of these teachers, the way of truth will be what? Slandered. In their greed, they will make up clever lies to get a hold of your what? Money. And who is trusting today? Go and look all over. Are people trusting people now? More than we ever have. We've trusted, right? We trust more than we ever have. No. We're confused. We're like, we don't know. I mean, conspiracy, conspiracy. This was violated. This was done. This whatever. Did you know that God is not an author of confusion? He's not. So if you're sitting here going, I'm so confused. Get alone with God. Begin to read scripture. Ask for his insight into your life. Did you know he'll actually give that to you? He'll give to his children those things that he desires, which he desires what? You not to be confused. You not to be going, oh, I've got so much anxiety. Oh my gosh, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. No, when you seek him, the peace of God that passes all understanding can guard your heart and mind. It's his kingdom. You don't, you don't have to have all of these clever lies and people trying to steal from you and that, but God condemned them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed. Meaning, we know that God is who was and is and is to come. And so when they say, condemn them long ago and their destruction will not be delayed, he's saying, I already knew their fate. For God did not, even, did not spare even the angels who sinned. He threw them into hell and gloomy pits of darkness where they are being held until the day of judgment. Now, I just need to, just for a moment, as I was studying, some go, well, wait, 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 wait. I thought demons were like um, in a supernatural realm that we don't see actually going and, and potentially causing harm and possessing people and all of that. Well, here, we, what we're seeing in Second Peter is one of two things. That either this was Peter speaking to their ultimate fate, the demonic 
angels who sinned and threw themselves into gloomy pits of darkness where they're being held until the day of judgment, or two, and again, this is, this is not going to be in a closed-hand statement, or if you went to Genesis chapter 6, there were actually these sons of God, these angelic beings that would actually come down and have intercourse with humans. And that they were, this is stuff that, I, you know, you read and go, wow. And they, and they created these giants. And that before the flood, they were ultimately condemned and sent, you know, obviously after the flood, the great flood, that literally they were condemned. And that's a separate group from those that are actually roaming the earth as far as supernaturally. Isn't that interesting? The demonic realm that they were actually, so do we know that for sure? No, just thought you might be interested. And study out your own. And God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. And Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. So God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. Later, God condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah and turned them into heaps of ashes. He made them an example of what will happen to ungodly people. Is God, God is saying, you, I've given you, I give you choice. I'm not, I'm not destroying and bringing, raining down all of this upon you because I just am an awful, mean, terrible God, but you have chosen to reject me. This is what was being communicated. Sodom and Gomorrah and shameful immorality and wicked people. Yes, Lot was a righteous man who was tormented in his soul by the wickedness he saw and heard day after day. So you see, the Lord knows how to rescue godly people from their trials, even while keeping the wicked under punishment until the day a final judgment. And so, what I'm wondering today is if what you see around you, I'm going to wrap up in just a moment, if what you see around you to the church is causing you to press in and seek God and let him continually build you and transform you, or if you're just kind of going over here going, I'm just going to kind of continue to live with my anxious, worrisome self. Or I'm going to come here. And if you're, if you're wondering online or in here, I, this is more what you're doing, this anxiousness. We actually have what are called elders. They will pray with you. And pray for you. And look out for you. And we're not here to harm you. We're here to help your family your children, if neighbors need help, if coworkers need help, if it, we, and, and are we going to come in and just <laughs> preach and preach and preach? No, 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 no. We're going to relationally love you to Christ. We're going to relationally love you and walk you through the journey to knowing this Jesus who is the good shepherd. So what do you need? What is it that you're lacking right now that you need? Not only is the good shepherd available for you, we that are underneath the good shepherd, that our shepherds are willing to help you and protect you. What do you need? And so I... Let me just share a, 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 few, a few other things, a few other thoughts. Uh, if you're wondering, is there any merit to this? Well, Paul speaks to a young pastor named Timothy, and he says, now the Holy Spirit tells us clearly, so actually the Holy Spirit who comes and fills you, 
This is supernatural, it's mysterious, but he comes and fills you and tells us clearly that in the last times, some will turn away from what? True faith. They will follow deceptive spirits and teachings that come from the demonic realm that you don't see, and I'm glad I don't see. That come from demons, and these people are hypocrites and liars, and their consciences are dead. And so here we have the Holy Spirit speaking and saying that there are actually those that in the day and hour in which we live, people will turn away from true faith. Where are you at? Online, where are you at? How's your faith? What is the Spirit of God speaking to you? What is the Spirit of God speaking to you? I think, I think I'm going to need to stop here, but I have come to the conclusion as I've studied Scripture that, that what, are, what I call religious wolves are either like liberal, and now I'm not talking politics here, or they are legalists. And one will take you down a path, and I'll talk about this more next week, and talk about some of the falseness that is going on in culture. And the, the, the ones that are uh, totally here, liberal, are the ones saying, love. Just, God is love. And, and there's no bad, and it's all good. Well, actually, Scripture has something to say about that. God actually speaks to that. And there's actually, is a right and wrong, and there are some absolutes, believe it or not. And then there's the legalists that will put you in such a corner that it will choke the life out of you. And it will make you just want to go, I got to get out of here. You know? I got to get out of here. We'll break, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But understand that the Lord is putting us in a place where we don't have to be either of these, that we can actually live in a place in a space where the Spirit of God is present, working, transforming, and where we have close-handed stuff that isn't that is good and open-handed stuff that we can talk about and work through and that the spirit of God is doing and you'll watch as transformation takes place bow your heads and close your eyes today heavenly father your kingdom is one where we have leadership that is to shepherd is to care for is to protect And Lord, this is not us taking this lightly at any level. This is is big time, eternal stuff in which your word says that people are actually wolves in sheep's clothing. But yet we're, how do we know God who is good and who's not and Father, the only thing that I have, all the, the only thing that I know is a follower of yours and is one that's considered and has been given the role of a shepherd in the church is God to seek you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Seek you, know your word, hear your voice, seek it, and then God, to bear fruit. To bear fruit. And I pray that your church your church will become a people 
of true shepherds and of fruit bearers. And that we will be individuals that seek wisdom from you, God, to be given the discernment to know right from wrong, good from evil, and that, Lord Jesus, we will continue to preach it, speak it, engage it, until you come back. Until you come back, Jesus. A kingdom of shepherds. Thank you, Jesus. Bow heads bowed and eyes closed. I wonder if there's anybody online or in this room that you've been hurt by a wolf and you just like me, I'm not going to call you out, I'm just going to pray for you. And you go, that was me and that hurt and I've really been struggling. Is there anybody that would just need, need a touch and a, and a healing from God because of that maybe? Yeah. Anybody else? Lord, I pray for these few that have had that moment or had that situation where they've been hurt. I pray that you'll bring healing and that you'll, God, connect this person, persons, to, to a life-giving, spirit-filled, fruit, fruit-bearing leader, shepherd that cares for them and helps them, what? Move towards God, wholeness in you, in you, Jesus. Thank you. Thanks for loving us, transforming us, and for those online as well, God. And if there's anybody here today that needs Jesus, God, that is seeking to go, I want, I, I'm believing that I'm going to cross that line today. I'm going, to, I'm going to actually go over to the good shepherd, this Jesus, and I believe in. All you have to do is say from your heart and with your mouth unto God, say, I receive you, Jesus. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And I ask for you to change me from the inside out. You become my Lord, my Savior, and my God. And Jesus, just as you did that in my life, you can do that in anybody's life here, right now, or online. Thank you, Jesus, for that transformation that you are bringing. In your awesome and mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd like to invite you to visit our website at newhope365.church. That's newhope, the numbers 365.church, where you can access past sermons and devotional series, get connected to one of our life groups, and keep up with the latest information about everything that is happening here at New Hope 365.